you have come to a place where all sports matter. And some sports just matter more than others. This is the LTV Sportscast. And now your host, Leighton. Welcome sports fans to another episode of the LTV Sportscast and this time we're covering the F1. Wow, what a weekend we've just come from in Bahrain and heading into a second weekend in Bahrain. But before we talk about that, Jay, welcome back to to the cast. How are you doing this evening? Good, Leighton. Uh, happy to be here. What a what an explosive weekend. Explosive, Unintended. Eh? Yeah. Unintended in, in, in F1, in F1 circles. Um, yeah, I felt pretty bad. Uh, I know I always complain that they should go faster and things like that. And watching that crash is Roman Grosjean. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited because if somebody can walk away from that that explosive crash with that ball of fire, we can make the cars go faster. It means the safety stuff works. Yeah. Uh, take take off the restriction. I mean, come on. I I, 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 I saw he's been he's coming out of hospital today. So yeah, it, 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 it stands in very good stead for the for the teams and and then the bosses who who drive the safety uh, precautions uh, in F1. So that was uh, pretty good to see that he walked away pretty much unscathed from that horrific crash. For sure, yeah. And the big thing, Jay, and I know we've we've spoken about this in the past, is the very fact that we do have the safety restrictions, which force these, um, which which force the teams to to uh, comply to a certain spec, especially regarding safety regulations. Now, I was not one for the halo in the past, you know, for, for open seaters. I thought, no, this is this is rubbish. It's it's ruining racing. Why don't they just put a windscreen in front of them while they're at it? And then if it wasn't for the halo, I'm pretty sure there would have been, uh, Roman Grosjean would have been like his vehicle. It would have been, he would have been in two parts. Let's put it that way. So I don't think the halo is going anywhere soon. And I'm glad to see that we had it. Uh, especially we're watching him go through that barrier. So again, it was wow. Yeah, you're right. An an, ex, an explosion when the car ripped, and I, I don't believe I think they said there was about two liters of fuel or so, which uh, which is all that uh, was needed to create that type of uh, ignition, um, which ignited that fire that fireball. Yeah, I think I think that's probably something that needs to be looked at, and, and I'm sure they're going to go through it with a fine tooth comb as to the. The degree of the explosion, because for, for that, that I mean, that that was almost like a bomb that went off, and then the carnage there afterwards. And you really look at it, I mean, you try to make that a tale of where the cockpit is, where the halo, and where the driver was pulled out from. So, mm. uh, and yeah, it takes it takes a lot of a lot of forces to get the fuel to to explode to that level. I mean, I I, I remember watching a couple of rip. Um, Mythbusters, where they shoot a couple of rounds. I think they even shoot tracer rounds into a tank of a vehicle. And I think it was every single round uh, bullet that went into the tank, there was zero explosion. Yeah, but so uh, the flashpoint. Yes, yes. Yeah. The, the flash. So I think work needs to be done in terms of identifying the creation of the. Because it looked innocuous when, and when the front went in. It looked innocuous. I mean, we've seen enough F1 cars go into barriers, mm. and uh, and it wasn't really at breakneck speed that we're used to. I mean, we've seen a couple of crashes this season. Uh, this season being as chaotic as it was, you would it looked innocuous, and for that ball of fire to come out, like sure, this is something. So as you said, the flashpoint probably needs to be looked at, yeah, and uh, what's caused that. Okay, so I, yeah, so from my perspective, uh, I believe they were. In, 
roughly going about 220 or 230 kilometers an hour, 140 miles an hour, when when the car hit the barrier. The the fact that um, the bar- the the vehicle or the the monocoque, the cockpit of the driver, pierced through the barrier. And I suppose that there was because the barrier, you know, the integrity of the barrier, it wasn't a solid solid barrier. And when that went through the 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 front end ripped off the back end, which I mean, it it was obviously not expected to to see that happen, but the the historically the 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 fuel that they goes into a Formula One car does ignite uh, when it comes into contact with oxygen, so it is uh, it is something that you do expect, kind of thing. You've seen yeah, no, you've seen that in the past when in the old days when they used to fuel the cars, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember a number of those pit lane fires mm. back in the old days. So yeah, I'm just I'm pretty, I'm just yeah. So I'm just glad. I think there were some comments as well made by Roman says that you you don't walk away from that the same. Uh, so he's probably for going to ever forever be changed. Um, yeah, it'll be nice to see next season. Does, I don't know if he's got a drive. You know if he's if he's retained a seat. I saw this week there's some news that the Haas team has uh, signed uh, Nick Schumacher. Mm. Um, yeah, do you, um, I'm not sure about Grosjean at all. Eh? I must be honest with you. I yeah, know, yeah, I, I know there is going to be quite a driver shakeup uh, next season, um, including Hulkenberg is also. I think he's got a uh, a guaranteed seat in a team as well, which is nice to see again. I think he's one of those of those underperforming drivers. But let's quickly talk about uh, the past uh, Formula One race there at Bahrain. The race itself, obviously, it took about an hour to complete a to complete one racing lap, which is crazy. Uh, and, you know, kudos have to be given to the, the team out there, the, well, the, um, the teams of uh, engineers and, and the guys that just rebuilt the track, cleaned the track, you know, all the marshals, everything. It, it's a fantastic job that they do and the speed at which they do it. And it, might, it makes you kind of wonder when you see, uh, when you drive past uh, people building building things on the on the side of a road or a building, making adjustments to public roads, and you're thinking, if you only brought the Formula One uh, Formula One <laughs> boys out here, yeah, the uh, a highway will be built in built in a week, kind of thing. It's kind of the way you feel how they handle things. So, yeah, massive, uh, massive. Yeah, that thing. entire. Yeah, basically that entire operation is what a machine. I mean, mm. even when you look at uh, when you look at the paddock and you see the trailers that they use, and when the trailers convert and they drop down the hydraulic. I mean, those trailers are state of the art. So it's, it's an absolute. I think it's engineering at its best, and I think in every, from in every sense of the word, because a lot of the times those circuits are not race ready until the, the Formula One guys arrive there, and within a couple of days, the way that they transform the circuits and get everything Dude. up to to racing standard. The way they incredible. get around the world as well, man. You know, moving yeah, everything. Yeah, that yeah, they the way. Do. And you know, they yeah, share well, those. They share those. Uh, those garages with uh, the FP. Two teams as well, so they've got oh, to clear okay. out, clear yeah. in. It's sure. it's a massive yeah. operation that goes yeah. on there. So, so, so that's yeah, proper precision and and um, no wastage of movement, economy of move, movement, and things like that. So yeah, these are good. So yeah, I think I think it's just when you watch the race and you're just looking at the the, the, the result and the Hamilton getting over the line and getting the victory, sometimes we tend to forget. I mean, even I mean the the. The team that's designed for them, the safety aspect that they put in with, where the crumple zones and the, the car can take the impact and, and decompose so easily, and then all that carbon mm-hmm. fiber and things like that. 
So normally on a normal race weekend, we take all of those things for granted. Mm. Uh, this race week needs made us uh, sit up and acknowledge. I think even um, Alan van der Marwe all of a sudden was trending all over South African Twitter, the guy in the medical car, uh, a South African that's involved in, in that aspect of F1 as well. So whenever we find South African... I don't think he's uh, been in South Africa for a long, long time, though. <laughs> he's, he's the Kevin I, Peterson to... to uh, uh, to our Correct. Formula yeah. One, yeah. So I, there was a bit of a writer that got published, and I didn't even open it because uh, I'm not that interested in, in the guy that drives the medical vehicle. So, but yeah, yeah as South Africans, we tend to look for anything that has context uh, for yeah, us. Sure. But great drive, great drive from Hamilton. Is, is oh, was it? Does that hurt? Does it hurt to say something like that? Not at all. I'm not anti-Hamilton. I'm anti-boring racing. I'm anti-boring racing. Uh, and obviously, Albon, Albon the man, uh, Alex Albon, finally, Dude, uh, I don't know, man. Closed, closed the gap. I mean, I, I really feel for him because you're always watching what Max does, and Alex was so far off the pace, and in this Grand Prix here, he, he made a good push. He, he, he had a couple of overtaking maneuvers as well that he made stick. And once they restarted, and then hmm. the, the racing point on his side, and watching Lance Stroll's head on the on, on the tarmac as well, I was like, "Oh no, here we go! This is going to be one disastrous race." And uh, but once they got re- they re- they restarted, mm. uh, it was yeah. I, and I, I think one of the, my, my my favorite moments of F one throughout the season is the is the onboard uh, commentary from Sebastian Vettel. I mean, I, I look forward when the when the pit radio comes on. And Vettel's remarks comes across. This car's shit. This car's absolute shit. It's not the same car I drove last week. Uh, kind of yeah. vibes. Uh, I'm like, come on, guy. Uh, so he, that, that's some entertainment there. And he, he really battled uh, through the race as well. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, yeah. Now, look, uh, you, you do mention, obviously, a, a great drive by Lewis Hamilton. And let's be honest, the Red Bulls were pushing them as well. Was pushing Lewis. Um, and... Yes, sorry. I'm going to go even further back to when you spoke about F1 being a machine. You swear it was made in Germany, like a, another German engine, like a Mercedes engine. Everything just seems to click. And uh, and yes, before before we get into how how good actually the the Red Bulls did actually do, the the Renault, the McLaren Renaults did fantastic, and then obviously Pierre Gasly did fantastic. There has to be questions over Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> we've we've had this discussion about Valtteri, but I and then listen. Is to he the not underperforming? They, they said he's been so unlucky. You've had this failure. He's had that failure, and winners make their own. So the, I'm going to support that because Valtteri can't suck as bad as that. Um, the one the one comment or the one the one thing that everyone talks about is that. That Mercedes is built to to drive at the front, and it's not there to deal with uh, uh, the the backdraft or what, driving through the the dirty air that that's created. Until by the Lewis car is behind uh, behind the car, it, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yes, because Lewis did the previous the previous race when Lewis was back down the track and he cut through all the way. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's a, I just said when I when I watched it, so I, I like so I like the two the two the two plonkers in the race of so Vettel. And Valtteri had a team that I... <laughs> so Vettel, he'd comment, and then watching Valtteri, and then he's like, yo, what plan are we going with? And he wants to stay out longer, then he wants to change the tires, and whatever. It's like, come on, guy, you're driving this 
untouchable car. You're in the same team. And I mean, even if you're not getting the number one driver treatment, surely the, the techniques and the application that goes into Lewis's car uh, should be applied in certain, in some degree to Valtteri. But yeah, but uh, we've spoken about Valtteri before. Um, he's far off the pace. And when he, when, he, when he is at the back, he doesn't cut through and he doesn't, not as impactful as Lewis. So I think, yeah, maybe I need to eat humble pie this season with regards to Lewis. I think uh, using Valtteri, if it wasn't for Valtteri, I would have just made Lewis's uh, performance like, yeah, whatever, he's got a good car. So Valtteri's been a, a measuring stick as to how good Lewis is as a driver. I, no, I, I, there, see, I disagree with you. I don't believe he's been a, a measuring stick at all. I, th- I think he has been nothing but piss poor. To put it to put it mildly, it, it, in all honesty, actually quite shocking. To no, I'm saying, but he drives. He drives so. In any comment? I mean, if you're watching from from the Schumacher days, or even when Vettel when Vettel was in his prime uh, as well, where we would always say, "Ah, oh, it's the car. Is it the car? Is it the car?" And to a certain degree, we said that a lot about Lewis. And then when you get something, because with Rosberg, when Rosberg and Lewis drove together, and Rosberg won the championship the one season, and they really pushed each other. Um, we could say yeah, the, the, the dominance of the vehicle, but you've got another Formula One driver. And I mean, we've seen over the season as well, number 20 to number one, there's not that big a drop off in the skill set between them. So when you put the, the, the guy who qualifies 20th and you put him in a better car, you kind of see him I, go further I'm up. I'm so the track. happy you've said that because, 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 and I, I'm not sure if you, you know, Lewis is not riding this weekend. Corona. Corona. And uh, George Russell from a Williams is taking his seat now. <laughs> now, I don't know. I'm, I'm not Valtteri Bottas, but, but if I was, I would drive George Russell's car off the track before I let him pass me. Because if George <laughs> Russell beats Bottas this weekend coming... It should. It, it there should be almost no chance of it happening. It, but if it is remotely it, close between the two, if it is remotely close between the two, it might it, just be very much an indication how bad Bottas either is, or Bottas does well, and it shows that he does not have the mental game to actually compete against Lewis the way that Rosberg did. And it's one or two. It's one of the two. Either he's not that good, or B. He's mentally not that good. So in I'm going to go A. I, I, I'm I'm going to go A because generally we've seen we've seen the Scandinavian drivers and let's just talk about Mika and, and Kimi. And mm. I mean mentally, that's that's a strength that you see with, with the Finns and, and the Danish drivers, etc. Um, and you look at Valtteri. Uh, so I, I think he is meant. The, the, the Finns have proven to be mentally again. Maybe it's just a bias or me being It's a generalization, guy. Yeah. And it's a yeah. fair generalization. But, but they, they, they seem quite steely. They seem quite steely, quite resolute and mentally strong. And you also kind of you find that in the Germans as well. So I think he's just not that good now. But So tell me, you, you, I, I didn't know this George Russell news. You know if he gets like the full uh, Hamilton's crew, Hamilton's car, everything what Hamilton would have enjoyed, will uh, George Russell get that for this race? I'm not entirely sure. I guess it's one of the... Uh, look, I don't think... 
uh, he'll get the full crew. I think he'll get a majority of the crew, but I think uh, part of the, the Lewis Posse or entourage kind of uh, will still, the, they might have the weekend off kind of thing, maybe if you put it that way. Uh, that might happen. Uh, you were talking about the Germans usually having a good mentality. Hulkenberg being a German, he's kind of, he's faced a lot of um, animosity, mate. Not animosity. Uh, what's the right word for it? He's faced a lot of hurdles that he's had to overcome in his Formula One career, where Sebastian Vettel hasn't really had to. But when Sebastian Vettel did leave Red Bull and he went off to um, Ferrari, it has not been all fair weather for him and if anything maybe the uh maybe the red bull flattered him and you watch the records that he put out there you know as as a youth he was getting getting all these records put him into a car which is not as competitive and he's failed and he was at times competitive but he has not been consistently competitive which is quite scary now talk about somebody let's talk about someone let's talk about somebody that has been competitive after facing um, quite a big hurdle uh, in in terms of uh, facing his confidence, taking a knock when Pierre Gasly was dropped from Red Bull down to AlphaTauri Honda, here he pulls in in sixth position behind the, the McLarens this weekend, ahead of the Renaults, ahead of Valtteri Bottas, and ahead of the Ferraris. Now he's 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 shown he's shown good grit. I think he's. He's somebody for the future. Uh, I mean, where the, where the guys are looking for a good second driver, one of the leading teams, he should be uh, mm. primed to, to to come back up in terms of the way that he's fought through. So I think I think it all bodes well for 2021 season. Alonso coming back. Uh, I wonder now if George Russell has a great showing, how much of a threat and how much of pressure that would put on, on, on Valtteri. If it's not just George Russell, it could be anyone else buying for that uh, number two driver's seat at Mercedes. And I think Mercedes has got to put a plan in place because Lewis has alluded to this could be his final season before he goes on to other projects. And, uh, I mean, seven times, probably you'd want to, yeah, once he makes it eight times, then he knows the... I have a mm-hmm. question. What happens if he says that when he starts testing the car for the next year and the car for the next year isn't as dominant? Will Lewis want to ride in a car that is not as competitive? Is he the type of driver that will go out there to try pick up a team from its bootstraps and and pick them up through the ranks, help them rise no, into glory? I think. And I, I think, think if he, so. If he, yeah, no, no. I think if he leaves, if he leaves Mercedes, he leaves Formula One, probably to go into Indy or go into even uh, uh, rally rally driving. Uh, which, which a lot of which a lot of the previous champions have gone to do, or even to go go into television or movies or something, because those got that that commercial viability to him. Uh, I, I, there was an interview a couple of weeks ago, and, and I listened to the interview with Lewis and kind of alluded to that. But a lot of the times they're just looking for bigger, more lucrative contracts, so put more zeros down there, and he'll stay. Uh, but so I, it'll be nice to see with the because. This season, the pressure, the season that's coming uh, ahead, the pressure is on. So if that is his final season, he's going to want to take on Michael's records and uh, to, to 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 go one clear in terms of championships. So he'll be he'll he'll have something he'll have something significant to race for right at the get go. So and then bringing Alonso back 
a lot of the driver shuffling that we alluded to earlier, uh, I think the season could be a, a very good one. And then as you've just mentioned, some of the restrictions and changes that they're bringing onto the cars, that should even the playing field. But you say that every season and uh, seems that the big boys just find some other way of getting an edge. I'm sure they already have developed uh, about 85 or even fully developed this season already before it rolls out next season. Mm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to look at the testing, the summer, the summer, winter, where, what would it be? Winter testing that takes place uh, before the season kicks off next year. Sure. Uh, just to answer your question, I did I did quickly go do a fact check. Uh, Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen out of Haas next season and possibly looking for indie drives. Nico Holtenberg has got the seat at Haas along next to Mick Schumacher. So that's going to So listen, just a, the, 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 I, same, it's the same that I do with the Moto GP. So the, 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 Moto, the Moto 2 and Moto 3, I don't really pay attention. I don't pay attention at all. Um, mm. And the same applies with, 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 with the Formula the Formula 2 and Formula 3. Mm. Uh, what pedigree is Mick coming with? Has he won anything of significance? Or he's is it just he's on leading the back right of now in, in the FP2 championship, I believe. I, I myself have not watched it. Uh, he... He doesn't ride for Ferrari Ferrari in the FP2 thing. I think itself, it's one of one of the Ferrari-powered teams. Uh, I think there's... Um, or, I'm not entirely sure how it works, but I think they're, they're out of the, the five positions in FP2 that's at the, uh, the... Out of the top five positions, three of them are taken by Ferrari Power, which is also interesting going into next season. So they've kind of dominated there, the Ferrari Power there. So whether that transitions into... Um, F1 next season if Ferrari is better. However, yes, Mick Schumacher is riding a Ferrari-powered engine and he is in the lead of the championship where he's in. So we'll see what happens well, from there. But yes, he comes in with where he potentially looked like. I think I think I remember they were testing, was it last year they were testing? And they were talking about, look, you know, he maybe doesn't have the the same quality type things that he should have. He was kind of maybe the Rolf of the Schumachers kind of thing. <laughs> might have had might, might have had a little bit of that type of vibe. I mean, it's very difficult to live up to his father's reputation. We've seen it with PK Jr. We've seen it with Tanner's nephew as well. So wherever the dad has been uh, quite a legendary driver or has quite a big reputation, uh, the sons have not really come through. I think the only two in in my my time. And before I can you say Jos Verstappen, he was not that good. No, that's what I'm saying. So the only two I can think of that really come in and 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 fulfilled their their father's legacies. Uh, Damon, Damon and Graham, Damon and Graham Hill and Jacques and Gilles uh, Villeneuve, mm. and that was like many 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 years apart, um, and compared to where, where the where the dad. So yeah, Jos Jos was trash. Uh, I think Jos used to drive because Jos used to cause so much. It was a white, it was a white car. I know he he raced in the white car, and he him and the, him and the Japanese folk they used to cause so much of chaos together. If Jos wasn't messing it up the start of the races, then the Japanese guy, I know I can't, I can't his name his name slips my mind now. And uh, yeah, so Jos has, has produced Max, and I just feel really old having seen Jos drive, and now we get to see uh, Max. I mean, and Max, Max is, is, is Dude, the listen, man. Although... Jos is not that old. He He's 48, guy. He's still, he's he still, 40... he's still younger than so he 50. Started, yeah, so he started, he started very young then. Oh, okay. 
20 or 20. No, so he would have been about 18. He would have been a dad at about 18. I think I, Max is about 20. No, dude, that, that would uh, make, no, Max is about 21, I, I'd say, but that would 21. have made Yasser father 27. So how's your Max? 27, sorry. Yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. I forgive you. Yeah, he um, wrote Minardi, I think it was. In, yeah, he wrote yeah. Minardi. <laughs> Uh, uh, that was, was a bright was, orange was, car. He also rode um, an arrow. No, 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 no. That's the white, uh, the white, the white livery that he rode in. Him and Yoss. But I, because I remember a couple of spins. I remember a couple of big crashes with Yoss. It, it could have been have the footwork arrows. I, I think that was the white one. And he he also rode for uh, Stewart, Jackie Stewart's team back then. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's with that's Johnny Herbert back. back in the day. Yeah, that sure. Well, oh, wow, what a what a call to the nineties, man. Uh, <laughs> that be, before not, uh, before a lot of our listeners even knew what Formula One was, <laughs> before they even t- touch touch base yeah, on Earth. Yeah. Eh? Um, yeah, no, because it's a lot of times that people hear me and I go on and I, and, yeah, and you find it. I think people. Do you remember the <laughs> time when when they used to drive cars without a halo? That's going to be the story, man. Yeah, yeah and, and we kind of we're made, made to eat our words. Uh, Romance, Romance, crash. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, so back to back to Bahrain this weekend, right? Uh, the secure Grand Prix, secure Grand Prix at the at the Bahrain outer track. Now, eleven corners, eleven corners, short circuit because they, it isn't as as winding uh, as the the standard. Uh, Formula One track, so it is more of a, a a long loop, if you want to call it that. Um, three big straights, uh, and I think maybe uh, three sharpish corners, maybe uh, three sharpish corners at speed. So you're going to see a lot of overtaking. Now, here's here's the kicker. We remember from Monza that Mercedes didn't carry good straight line speed. Excellent in the corners, because that's where they make this, uh, that's where, and that's where you make the most time in any racing, if you've got good corner speed. So uh, good entry speed and good exit speed, and maintaining speed through, obviously, that, well, if you get the good exit speed, that means you're maintaining good speed through the corner, and that's where time is made. Not much is made on a straight when people are, are gunning down things, but, 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 Mercedes might be hard pressed to overtake vehicles in the in the Grand Prix unless they if they're not out in front. It might be a Monza type situation again. So it can be quite exciting this weekend. I've yeah, I've heard I've heard the commentators mention that a lot, especially through that through that Monza Grand Prix. But I it, I have the feeling that Mercedes seems to have improved that straight speed. I haven't watched the radar or, or the, the speedometer as they come down that straight, mm. but it seems they've gradually made some improvements. Because if you think back as to some of the overtaking that um, Lewis has done, because uh, I, I, I was waiting for that uh, to be, and, and yeah, some of the times DRS is open, but in most cases DRS is open on both the vehicles uh, mm. when, they, when, when, it, when it comes down. This. And I, I was expecting a bigger disparity between the two and. It didn't, and, and Mercedes have made a couple of overtaking moves down the street. And, and Bottas, I think, in the last last race, I mean, he, he had a he had a shock with his puncture, and uh, despite him finishing quite out off of the pace, uh, when he, he did make an attempt, a few moves down the street as well. So I'm not certain that they're going to be that far off. Um, oh, okay, I can answer that for you, guys. Not, I can answer yeah. that for you. Exit speed. 
they enter that straight faster than the car in front of them because they maintain better speed through the corner. And that is the reason why. So once they get into the DRS zone, because they've already got the overspeed beforehand, they open up the DRS, the car in front, and let's say the car in front of them doesn't have the DRS, because the car doesn't have the DRS in front, it's, um, it is... Yeah. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to dispute that at all, but I'm saying that, that same principle should have applied in Monza, but it, just, it seems, in Monza it was poor. Monza, they, Monza, they couldn't, they couldn't hold, keep pace in, in, in those long straights there. But mm-hmm. there seems to be... And, and and you know Mercedes the way that they develop and improve. So it'll be it'll be interesting because they got they're going to have two average drivers there. And I'm not singing Lewis's praises, but yeah, they the champions are not going to be in the car. So what do you, what do you mean two average drivers? Valtteri and and, and George Russell. I'm not going to run Valtteri down that much. I mean, yeah, but why 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 throw George in the same boat? I mean, you haven't given George an opportunity. He's in Formula One. He's, he he's, he rides in a very poor performing vehicle. At times, it looks like he outperforms that vehicle, and maybe that's why he's got the they've Mercedes has given him the opportunity to sit. This well, weekend, that, that was so. that, that that was the argument that I made at the beginning that that that, that, that the variation between the drivers from twentieth to first is so little that you're expecting Valtteri to do so much better in that car. So maybe maybe it's just been there's a conspiracy theory against Valtteri. Yes, dude. No, I, I tell I, you, if George sure. Russell <laughs> smashes Valtteri this weekend, man, I don't know. I don't know where Valtteri's uh, going to hide, and and he's probably uh, going to need to hide can, somewhere. Can you imagine the, the the commentators and the entire Sky media because we never British drivers doing well. They cannot wax lyrical more. But I mean, I've heard them really. George when George when they got the onboard camera for George as well, they make him the next. The next Lewis, when, when, when they commentate, so they have a big uh, bias towards George and even Lando Norris as well. So, yeah, it'll be incredible if he matches Valtteri. But you uh, talk that, about Lando time. Norris, bro. Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz, McLaren this weekend think they're gonna be power. I think, I think we're in for a very open a very open Formula One race. I think we're in for a lot of overtaking. And I think I have now said this on pure speculation that I could possibly just eat my words and this could be another one of those boring Grand Prix. It is the second shortest circuit in the on the Formula One calendar, being at eight, uh, 3.5 kilometers and 87 laps. So we've got a bunch of laps. So that means DRS kicks in after the second lap. We get it early in the kilometers. So it can be, it can be a lot of fun, yes. So, speed. Jay, we want speed. Give me a prediction for the weekend, Jay. Give me a prediction for the weekend. If Lewis uh, is not there, can anyone stop the Max? No, I'm, I'm, I, I, I have to go. I have to go Max, Max, Carlos Sainz, and Alex Albon. Yeah, I've got to. Albon's been my kamikaze case. I'm going to be very disappointed if he loses his drive next season. Uh, so mm. he's going to have to do pretty well. Uh, so he, I, I love watching. I love watching him race. Uh, okay. He does a lot of stupid things, but when it, when he comes to overtake, the, the, the young man has balls of steel. From what I see, uh, he, he he commits, and that's that's what you want to see in a racing driver. So uh, Max Max for the W, uh, Carlos uh, one of the one of the McLarens up there on the podium as well, and uh, my boy Alex Albon. So no Mercedes makes the podium for you this weekend. Not a single one, eh? 
Well, there's only one that generally makes the podium, the, the number 44 car with a certain alleyage behind the wheel. Yeah, but, but someone else is driving Are, that. Will that car still uh, make it? Well, we, we say that it's not the car, it's the driver. That's what that we look at. So, and I've changed my entire narrative because watching how crap Valchi was the last Grand Prix, he's like, no, it's not, it's not the car, it's the driver. And, and again, the Turkish Grand Prix watching Lewis make his, so I wanted to see Valchi repeat what Lewis did in the Turkish Grand Prix and make his way through the field mm. and Valchi flattered to deceive. So yeah, no, and then to, so not only that, not only that later to you highlighting the points on the, on the straight line speed exit exit and entry speeds as well. So there's a li- there's a little bit of, of thought going into that prediction as well. So if they struggle with that, and perhaps perhaps a let let's throw in let's throw in Charles Leclerc because the Ferraris on on the straights they've got they've got some power. So let's see the Ferraris mm-hmm. fix their, their their issues and Charles to have a good drive uh, to to round up the season. Is this the last Grand Prix? Second last. Uh, Abu Dhabi is the last one. So here's my prediction, and thank you for asking. That's very kind of you, Jay. No, 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 no. Let me tell you. Let me let me tell you. Sergio Perez. Okay, they can tell us. Sergio Perez on the top step. Max second. Yes, you sweet. Carlos signs third. You you are very sweet on the racing point. Like one Dude, thing man, for, and, I, and I like it. It's I like old Sergio Perez. I think he's got. Between, I think he's got the the skills there. It's waiting for him. You know. In our in our in our uh, F one pod, that the two names that stand up that you kind of that's a part of is Danny Rick and Sergio Perez. I didn't that's, say Danny Rick this up. time round for a reason. Not, not this time round, yeah, not this time around. But mm. yeah, so the two the two drivers that you're sweet on is Perez and uh, Danny Rick. Um, yeah, so let's, let's, look. Let's what's not what's speed. not to like about the uh, what's not to like about Danny Rick and the overtakes, man? Does he not make Formula uh-huh. One super exciting? Uh, the Alex Albon does. Sorry, my mate. Sorry, Alex Albon. <laughs> yeah, but no, Ale- Alex Albon to. is a little bit of a lucky packet, though. Danny, yeah, Danny yeah, Rick, you kind of know what you're going to yeah. get. You're going to you're yeah. going to get Danny Badger going at it, um, hell for leather. That's what he does, and I do enjoy that. Look, and you do speak about the Ferraris and and Charles Leclerc. It's he has he has potential. Really, if Ferrari can put a good package together, he has potential to become a superstar. The, the, if, if, they, absolutely. If, yeah. if sorry, sorry, and if, if if once Lewis is out of the picture and he doesn't have a big package underneath him, uh, Max and and Charles Leclerc are the next generation that will take Formula One forward. And yeah, I just I, I, I had the privilege of watching Charles win in mm, the Monza Grand Prix and the way he dominated uh, that race uh, with the Ferrari at home. Uh, the guy is the real deal. Question time. He's a good car. Question time. Your wife is a is a Max uh, Max supporter. Yes. Uh, yes do yes, you yes. favour the the more quiet and humble uh, Charles Leclerc, or or do you or do you lean for? The, ah, you love the Max, don't you? Ah, you love. Uh, no, no, no. no. He's, and Max is Max is fairly humble. He's, I just think what? he's got a lot of confidence. Uh, <laughs> he, he is this, this humble man with a lot of confidence yeah. and uh, he's, that he's likes a, to speak he's a bit his fresh. mind. Yeah. What is wrong with speaking your mind? I think, and you and I, I, come I from don't. The same I don't think humble people just just huh? uh, speak their mind. I think humble people no, just uh, let yeah. things uh, let things go yeah. quite often. And I think I think Charles, um, I think this we have the potential if if Max has a good package and Charles has a good package, whatever whatever seat they're in, Formula One. I think there's a potential I, that this could become a uh, a Prost Senna type of thing. 
I think I think and we I, might have. That. I would, I would, and I would support Charlotte. I would. Uh, I've always. So I think the last. So I was going to ask you the question. Give me one humble, down to earth Formula One champion, and the one that I could think of, and I was a very big fan because I'm a Williams boy. From you're going to say Damon Hill. Yeah, I would know. Would be Damon Hill. Would be Damon Hill. So to answer your question, if if it came down to it, I, I like I like Charles Wood's humbleness. So you kind of like myself. So. Yeah. Oh, oh like is it? A, no, this this man is humble like myself. Listen, listen yeah. how modest I am today. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's, apart from Damon Yule, uh, champions after um, uh, Mika Hakkinen, he was pretty humble. He was a nice guy. He was a nice guy, but as the number one driver, you could feel it. And then again, uh, I don't know if we again a generalization about the. Scandinavian. So, if there's anybody listening from that part of the world, my apologies. They they seem to have a bit of a pride and I don't know, so such a dignity about them that I wouldn't call it humbleness. There's an air. There's an air. Maybe it comes from their Viking heritage or whatnot. There's a certain mm. air about them. Even Valtteri, as shit as Valtteri is, he's Valtteri humble. No, I, he's not. Hold on. I thought he was average. Well, average. <laughs> wow. So, so I, I wasn't going to go as far as calling him shit. I just think he's part of that other other twenty percent that can't win with a fantastic car. What about Jensen Button? What's not to like about Jensen? Humble man, good man. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. Fully okay. agree with Jensen. So uh, he used to drive. He used to drive a Williams as well. So yeah, mm, he he like, he drove like, it. Like. And what was nice about him was obviously it was Braun powered by Mercedes. They didn't. He was never one of those champions that was arrogant about it. And I suppose that's also the reason why he only won one. Perhaps. Mm. Jay, listen, you must have yourself a fantastic Formula One weekend. And uh, we'll we'll be, let's hopefully there's no more fireballs and all the fire is inside inside the veins of the drivers as they are heading towards and around the corners at the Bahrain outer track this weekend. Have a good one, Jay. All the best. Thanks, man. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Bye.